That was sort of uh, not exactly what we were going for. It was operator error, and I am the operator, and it's my error. So better luck next time. But it's okay. It's uh, it's all going to work out fine. So good morning, and welcome to Road Warrior Radio. You're tuned in live this Monday, March 6, 2023, on the one and only Republic Broadcasting Network. And as always... Thanks for coming along for the ride. It is a wild and dystopic ride, but things, I don't know, things seem to be taking an interesting turn. And uh, so we'll see uh, what ends up happening. And you might wonder what I'm referring to, obviously. And um, Let me just say the bifurcated fallacy of harping on the problem versus naively hoping the monster's coming out of the closet. I suppose pun somewhat, perhaps more than somewhat intended, uh, will just go, will just go away, uh, is just that it's a fallacy. Um, so what's the answer? What's the answer to what ails us? How about a well-armed sheep? That old cliche, that old maxim. So we need more guns, right? Not exactly. In the age of nonlinear seventh-dimensional psychological warfare, you need to arm yourself with knowledge, but all knowledge is not created equal. And indeed, as Solomon observed, with great knowledge comes great pain. So it's literally the proverbial double-edged sword that can cut both ways. I have long advocated, as anyone who has listened to this broadcast for any length of time knows, that step one in said battle is to get the secret decoder ring, a euphemistic reference to the Holy Spirit, vis-a-vis 1 Corinthians chapter 2. And beyond that, the whole armor of God, Ephesians chapter 6, is indispensable, as is taking every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. Speaking of whom, Jesus himself said in John 8, 31, 32, 35, and 36, in the King James, then then said Jesus to those Jews which believed on him, if ye continue in my word, then ye are my disciples indeed, and ye shall know the truth. And the truth shall make you free. Verse 35. And the servant abideth not in the house forever, but the son abideth ever. If the son therefore shall make you free, ye shall be free indeed. So, uh, switching the context a bit. 
Speaking of freedom, Michael Parenti uh, wrote, people who think they're free in this world just haven't come to the end of their leash yet. And similarly, he wrote, you will have no sensation of a leash around your neck if you sit by the peg, as most Americans do, talking about how free we are. It is only when you stray that you feel the restraining tug. And so, what's the point? What's the point? Well, here's the point. I announced pretty much in real time Vivek Ramaswamy's presidential run. And uh, so did you hear his CPAC speech? It's pretty – it's, you know, it's something. Unapologetically American. Not buying into the controlled demolition of hypnotic chaos magic. Not cowing to endless demands of self-loathing. It sounds like he missed the leash memo, broke the leash, and is wandering happily out in free range, inviting us all to join him. This doesn't sound like any canned Bernaysian political rhetoric I've ever heard, and I think it begs hearing. So let's give it a listen, shall we? Can we play that, Gentlemen, please? please welcome co-founder Strive Asset Management, Vivek Ramaswamy. Thank you, guys. Thank you for the warm welcome. I've been walking the halls feel like a lot of you know me this year, and then every fifth person comes up and says, are you Cash Patel? And I'm like, no, no, no. <laughs> I'm still, they still don't know me. <laughs> so it's good to be back. I'm going to tell you a little bit about my story from a, from a few years ago when I had to make a choice. Okay, this is going to be a speech about choice, by the way. I had to make a choice in 2020. This is back when I was a biotech CEO. It was a multi-billion dollar company. I'd found it. I'd built it from scratch. But in 2020, after George Floyd died, I was expected to make a statement in favor of the Black Lives Matter movement. It was a choice. I chose not to do it. I said that our purpose as a company is to make medicines, to make products and services for people who need them. But that was the beginning of a six-month journey that culminated about six months later in three prominent advisors to my company resigning. And I had to make a choice. Was I going to speak through the filter of corporate self-interest or was I going to speak freely as a citizen? And from that moment forward, I chose to speak freely as a citizen. Thank you. I wrote Woke Inc. I wrote Nation of Victims. I traveled the country calling out the woke industrial complex in America. I started a new company called Strive to take on BlackRock and the ESG movement through the market itself, saying that it's not their job to tell us to use our dollars in how we live our lives. I called out the three secular religions in America that have America in a chokehold today. The first of them is this woke racial religion that says your identity is based on your skin color. That if you're black, you're inherently disadvantaged. That if you're white, you're inherently privileged, no matter your economic background or your upbringing. That your race determines who you are and what you can achieve in life. It's one that Congresswoman Ayanna Presley of the squad summed up really well when she said, we don't want any more brown faces that don't want to be a brown voice. I do not fit her description of what counts as a brown voice, I assure you that. But it is a really clever move in this religion, which is this. If you, your race goes from being about your skin color to being about the content of the ideas you're allowed to espouse, then any disagreement with those ideas automatically makes you a racist. And there is no greater damnation in modern America than to be called a racist. So when given the choice between pledging allegiance to this new religion and being tarred with the scarlet R, that's when everyday Americans started to bend the knee. And that's what created this new culture of fear in America when it then combined with the second religion. That's a new secular religion in America that says the sex of the person you're attracted to has to be hardwired on the day you were born. It had to be or else it couldn't be a civil right. 
but your own biological sex is completely fluid over the course of your lifetime. It makes no sense unless it's a religion. It doesn't match up to reason. It matches up to religion. And then it makes the same move as the first religion. Well, you know what? Peter Thiel, who's a man who's attracted to men, the Advocate magazine, one of the leading LGBTQIA plus magazines, said that Peter Thiel is not gay after he spoke at the RNC because he did not represent the gay voice. So now you're starting to see a pattern. Which then brings us to the doorstep of the third religion that has America in a chokehold, and that is the newest one that looks like it's here to stay until we do something about it, and we will. That is the climate religion in America that says that we have to fight carbon emissions at all costs in the United States while we shift those same carbon emissions to places like China that supposedly, even if you believe in this religion, you would have embraced nuclear energy, which is the best form of carbon-free energy production known to mankind. And yet these people oppose nuclear energy. What's really going on is that the climate religion has about as much to do with the climate as the Spanish Inquisition had to do with Christ, which is to say nothing at all. It is about power, dominion, control, punishment, and apologizing for what we have achieved in this country in the modern West as we know it. So the real question is, what's going on? What the heck is going on in our country where these same religions, not, not religions of Christ, Different religions arise at the same time. What's really going on here? The answer is that we are in the middle of a national identity crisis in America. Okay, we are so hungry. Take it from me. I'm 37 years old. I'm a millennial. I was born in 1985. I will tell you this. My generation, really every generation of Americans today, we're so hungry for a cause. We're hungry for purpose and meaning and identity. At a point in our national history... When the things that used to fill our hunger for purpose, faith, patriotism, hard work, family, these things have disappeared. We're hungry to be part of something bigger than ourselves, yet we cannot even answer the question of what it means to be an American today. This is an opportunity for the GOP. This is an opportunity for the conservative movement to rise to the occasion and fill that void with a vision of American national identity that runs so deep that it dilutes this woke poison to irrelevance. I am all in on the America first agenda. Believe me, I'm an America first conservative. I will not apologize for it. But to put America first... We now need to rediscover what America is. And that is why last week I announced my run for U.S. president to deliver a national identity that we are missing in this country. So what does it mean to be an American? It means you believe in merit. That you get ahead in this country, not on the color of your skin, but on the content of your character and your contributions. And that is why, as U.S. President, I have pledged to get rid of affirmative action in this country once and for all. It is a national cancer on our soul, and we are done with it. It came into existence by an executive order from Lyndon Johnson. Every president since Lyndon Johnson could have crossed it out. I love the man. I'm going to come and talk to him about it in a second. But I'm going to tell you, cross that out. We're done with affirmative action in America. Okay? That's the first thing. But back to the question, what does it mean to be American? Okay? This is, this is the question. It means we believe that the people who we elect to run the government, whoever it is, ought to be the people who actually run the government. Radical idea in America. Who would have ever thought? It's not the case today. So the next time we have an Anthony Fauci or a Merrick Garland or a James Comey who goes far beyond their constitutional scope, you need to do what a chief executive in this country is constitutionally empowered to do. You fire them. You fire their employees. You fire the managerial industrial complex around them. And I'll tell you this even further. Thank you very much. We got to go one step further than that. Because when a managerial cancer gets so bad in this country, you can't just reform that from on high. I come from the private sector. I know this. If you tell me that somebody works for me and I can't fire them, 
That means that they don't work for me. It means I work for them. It means I am their slave because I am responsible for what they do without having any power to determine it. Well, that can't be the position that the U.S. president is put in. When a managerial cancer gets so bad, you have one option left in this country. You have to shut it down. And I've already said last week, the first agency we will shut down and need to shut down in the United States is the U.S. Department of Education. It has no reason to exist. Never should have existed. Make a mistake. It's better late than never. You shut it down. And today I'm ready to announce the second government agency that I will shut down in this country. We should have done it 60 years ago. It's hurt Republicans and Democrats alike. We're going to get it done. It's finally time to shut down the FBI in America. Create something new to take its place because we are done with the J. Edgar Hoover legacy to let this be a self-governing nation again. What does it mean to be American? It means you believe in the rule of law. Okay, the people who enter this country better darn well come through the front door because your first act of entering this country cannot be a law-breaking one. And I'll tell you this, as a kid of immigrants, that is not racist. That is what it means to be American. Okay, it means that you believe the military in this country protects our border rather than somebody else's border halfway around the world. It means you put American interests first. You know, talk about a legitimate use of the U.S. military. You want to call the Mexican cartels a drug terrorist organization? Treat them like a terrorist organization. We can do it to bin Laden. We can do it to Soleimani. We can do it to the Mexican drug cartels south of the border. That is how we end the fentanyl epidemic in this country. If the military does one thing, it protects the soil we live on, not somebody else's soil. That, too, is what it means to be American. Well, what it means to be American, it means you believe in the Declaration of Independence. It means you believe in 1776. The Declaration of Independence of today is our Declaration of Independence from China. If Thomas Jefferson were alive today, that is the Declaration of Independence he would sign. That is the Declaration of Independence I will sign if I'm elected as your next president. Because you know what? We are in trouble when we have a codependent relationship with our enemy. The Soviet Union, they never put the shoes on our feet. They never put the phones in our pocket. We're in a codependent relationship with our enemy, and codependent relationships do not end well. The only question is who ends it first. The sooner we end it, the better for us. The later we end it, the better for them. And I think it is finally to say we are done with relying on an enemy to power our modern way of life. Some of this is going to be easy. It's the easy stuff. Abandon climate religion. The climate religion that shackles the United States while leaving China untouched. I don't know why more Republicans can't just say that aloud. It's the thing you're not supposed to say. It's a sacred cow. You take that sacred cow to the slaughterhouse where it belongs. Climate religion is about actually shackling America itself. Some of this stuff is easy. They send the fentanyl across our southern border. They send the digital fentanyl through TikTok. Financial fentanyl in the form of the national debt that's created this addictive relationship to China. We declare independence. We're done with financial fentanyl, digital fentanyl, actual fentanyl. Some of this stuff we can agree on. Now, I appreciate the applause, but I also want to be really honest with you. My number one opposition, I've been, I'm nine days into this presidential campaign, and the number one opposition I get to what I just told you actually comes from the Republican Party, a wing of the Republican Party that is so addicted to buying cheap stuff from China and expanding into the Chinese market that they're not ready to make that short-run sacrifice. I go further. I, I think it's important to be honest. If we want to declare independence from China, that means we got to be willing to ban most U.S. businesses from doing business in China until the CCP falls or until the CCP radically reforms itself. Because there is no easy way out other than taking that Band-Aid and ripping it right off. I'm sorry, Henry Kissinger. We're done with your experiment in America. It is the only way out. We got to start thinking on the time scales of history, not the time scales of electoral cycles. We don't need Chamberlain. We need a little bit of Churchill in this country. And you know what? Yeah. 
If you're willing to make a sacrifice, the chances are you'll never have to make it because the other side will fall first. And you can be willing to make a sacrifice if you know what you are sacrificing for. And that is this thing we call America. Our inner animal spirit, it has been domesticated. It has been tamed by this new culture that embraces victimhood and rejects excellence. Our inner animal, it has leapt oceans to lift up places like China on the other side of the world while their culture of Maoist victimhood came back to hold us down. I'll tell you this, when we rallied behind the cry to make America great again, we did not just hunger for a single man. We hungered for the unapologetic pursuit of excellence. That is what it means to be an American. Thank you. Yeah. I'm going to do something tonight. I want to address the, I love the boisterous eyes. I want to address it actually directly. I believe in free speech. Free speech is what it means to be American. So even if you disagree with us saying, stand up and say it because you deserve to. This is the country we live in for a reason. Let me address it right away. Okay, you're going to hear tomorrow night from my good friend, Donald Trump, a man who I took inspiration from to do what I am doing now. If he hadn't done what he did in 2015 and 2016 as an outsider to came and shake up the system, I wouldn't have even thought about doing what I'm doing today and running for president. That's just a fact, okay? Now, next six months, it's possible as this goes, you know, we'll get a little bit of name calling and you know what? <laughs> That's part of, uh, what do you say, locker room talk, a little bit of trash talk on the court. Got to have some fun and handle it. But I think if you can't handle a little bit of name calling in this or have some fun, you probably shouldn't be the person sitting across the table representing this country in front of Xi Jinping either. But I will tell you something about my friend. He is misunderstood across this country. I know him. He cares deeply about national unity. I know you care deeply about national unity. I'm running for president because I care deeply about national unity. But here's the question. This is the question for the next year and a half in the conservative movement, in the Republican Party, and in America. Do we want a national divorce or do we want a national revival? It's not going to happen automatically. Whatever it is, it is going to be what we choose it to be. That is the question today. And I'll tell you, here's how we're not going to get national unity. We're not going to get national unity with somebody showing up in the proverbial middle saying, hey, can't we all hold hands, compromise, get along, kumbaya? No, that ain't happening. That ship has sailed long ago. You want national unity? Here's how you get national unity. You get national unity in this country by embracing the extremism the radicalism of the ideals that set this nation into motion 250 years ago. Merit, free speech, open debate, self-governance over aristocracy. These are radical ideas. Most of human history, it was done the other way. Old world Europe didn't do it this way. We did it this way for a reason because we're different. We're Americans. And if we embrace that, that is our formula to actually deliver, I think, the most unifying thing we could deliver for the country in 2024, and it's this. Don't believe it when they tell you it's about Republicans and Democrats. Artificial distinctions. What really matters in this country is a battle between the managerial class and the everyday citizen. Between the Great Reset and the Great Uprising. Between the pro-American movement. Do you believe in this country and are you willing to stand for it? Or the anti-American movement which apologizes what this country stands for. And here's the good news I have for you. When you divide it up that way, instead of Republicans and Democrats, you got an 80-20 in our favor. And you know what's happened in 2024? You mark my words, I predict a 1980-style, 1984-style landslide election in this country if we get it right. That is the single most unifying thing we could deliver for our nation going forward. I'll tell you this, for the last 10, 20 years in America, we have celebrated our diversity and our differences so much that we forgot all the ways we're the same. 
Well, you know what? Revive the ways that we are the same. Diversity is not our strength. Our strength is what unifies us across our diversity. And you mark my words, that won the American Revolution. It reunited us after the Civil War. It won us two world wars and the Cold War. It could still be hope for the free world. And if we can revive that over fractious group identity, then nobody in the world is going to defeat us. That is American exceptionalism. Thank you very much. God bless you. God bless our great country. All the best. Thank you. So, excuse me, I got something in my eye real quick. My goodness. Did you hear that? Vivek Ramaswamy, CPAC 2023 on the 2024 presidential campaign trail. Vivek 2024. Uh, Ramaswamy 2024 doesn't exactly roll off the tongue, but I mean, did you hear? Did you hear what he – has he been listening to RBN? For a while, I mean, the guy sounds like he's been listening to RBN. He's talking about problems most people can't even articulate. Folks that listen to this network are, I would say, intimately familiar with some of the nuances that he spoke to. And I think he's right. If we could, uh, if we could remember, if we could shake the cobwebs out in this crazy. Uh, You know, again, I mean, the um, hypnotic chaos magic that has a self-destructing. Uh, I think he's absolutely right. That was a brilliant speech. And the issues, I mean, my goodness. Getting rid of the Department of Education. Does this sound like political rhetoric to you that you've ever heard? Getting rid of the FBI, getting rid of affirmative action and to uh, to get ahead by merit. These are these are crazy ideas in in this uh, society we live in today. And so, I mean, he's challenging a lot here. Obviously, sir, do not let them alter your security detail. Whatever you do, can can I can I volunteer? Volunteer for something, uh, security maybe. Don't let them alter your security detail, whatever you do. Um, I mean, honestly, my thought, I don't think this, you know, because everything is controlled, opposition, narrative control, perception management, all that kind of stuff. But I listened to this and I thought, I hope he survives to the election. And I don't want to say that and, you know speak bad things into the air not that i'm a voodoo theologist but you know uh i mean my goodness talk about challenging the establishment just i mean right out there in front and center what a speech and he is very well acquainted with the issues of which he speaks so uh, I think, you know, maybe we should play a couple of those, the ESG, you know, China clips I mentioned that when he was um, speaking with Patrick Bet David that, you know, Vivek has articulated the ESG stuff as well or better than anybody and has pointed out the absurdity of, as he said, punishing America while – and, you know, Donald Trump did speak to some of this. People have spoken to some of this, but I don't think anyone has really articulated it quite as well as Vivek. And so, holy cow. Uh, I think he says what he means and means what he says. And, man, if you can't get behind that, I mean, you're not going to find a message better than that as far as I'm concerned. Stick around. We'll be right back. I want the truth. You can't handle it. 
handle the truth. You're listening to Republic Broadcasting Network. Real news, real talk, real people. Because you can handle the truth. Corporate media dominates the American opinion. Finding independent voices that counter this avalanche is becoming increasingly difficult. With the endless corruption running rampant throughout our government, independent voices are needed more than ever to battle the offensive against our freedoms and liberties. As a listener of RBN, no one understands this concept better than you. Now it's up to you to do your part. The time has come for you to take action and begin broadcasting the truth to hundreds or thousands of people every month. Sound impossible? Quite the contrary. With pointed slogans from LibertyStickers.com, you can reach countless sleeping Americans unaware that they live in a real-life wonderland. LibertyStickers.com has a huge inventory of political bumper stickers and messages that reflect the truth about our government, our politicians, and the future of America. With so many in stock, there's one perfect for you. Visit us today at LibertyStickers.com. Again, that's LibertyStickers.com. Do your part. Your voice is important. Let it be heard. Homeowners, are you in foreclosure, expecting to be served with a foreclosure lawsuit, or suspect your lender has coerced you into an illegal mortgage transaction? A huge number of mortgages made in the last 10 years have legal issues and are possibly defective. State laws and the U.S. Supreme Court have upheld that defective mortgage documents are grounds for foreclosure defense and for counterclaims in favor of the homeowner. If your mortgage has been sold or assigned since closing the loan, it may be defective and you may be paying the wrong party and the lender may not have standing or the right to foreclose or collect payments under the law. If you would like to know if your mortgage is legal or not or know if you are paying the right party, we can help. Our initial consultations are free of charge. We are not attorneys. We are legal researchers and work closely with experienced lawyers who know how to help you find the evidence to help you keep your home. Call toll-free 1-855-2-KEEP-IT. That's 1-855-2-KEEP-IT today. Hello, I'm Dr. Leonard Horowitz. I was right 30 years ago in warning the world about threatening lab virus outbreaks, AIDS, and Ebola. I was right 20 years ago when FBI Director Robert Mueller made me a suspect in the anthrax mailings because I warned the Bureau before the CIA's biocrime and Cipro sales psyops happened. I was right about COVID-19 being an AIDS-laced mutagen plan to resurge this fall to excuse officials' profitable depopulation globalization agendas. And I was right about the only safeguards being antioxidants and holy spiritual sustenance. Vitamin C, D, zinc, chlorophyll, oxygen, and oxysilver especially transmits the frequency resonance to neutralize the expanded function bioweapon. Oxysilver is a double superconductor of the healing power of love. It is the first nutraceutical invented to amplify prayer power and the faithful loving intention of your heart. Buy, try, and stockpile oxysilver through HealthyWorldStore.com. Show man to me. 
Welcome back. You know, it's easy to be cynical and maybe not so easy to step up and pull the trigger. And I, you know, honestly, I mean, I I talked about it when I mentioned his announcement the following morning when he announced his presidential bid uh, less than two weeks ago. And if you can cut through the noise and the chaos, what what is better than what he just said? I mean, think about what he just said. If he can possibly make good on any one of those promises, my goodness. I think I think we will play a couple of clips. Uh, one, two, maybe three. Looks like just to sort of acquaint you with who this guy is and what exactly he is all about and how familiar he is with these problems. You can say whatever you want. Um, The image makers have been in charge of political campaigns for at least, let's say, you know, 75 years. We know that. Guys like Vance Packard remind us of that. So, Let's, you know, cut through the rhetoric a little bit. Not that that's what he was doing, but let's find out a little bit more about the man. What does he know about the problems we face in America? That was brilliant stuff, as far as I'm concerned, what we heard. Uh, First clip is from a video titled Reaction to Klaus Schwab's Terrifying Speech. His interview with Patrick Bet David earlier this year, January 14, uh, this video was published. So this is a little excerpt. And um, Vivek talking about Schwab, uh, World Economic Forum, and um, the ESG shell game, taking it from the left hand and giving it to the right. Go ahead, please. It's the the message. How is he convincing people like a Joe Biden to say, let me announce my candidacy campaign to be Build Back Better, which he's the Build Back Better guy. So why are people buying into this guy? Why does he have so much influence over people? So the answer comes down to money, actually. So it comes down to money. But he doesn't have money. He well, gets money. He doesn't money. have money. No, no, yeah. no, no. no. It, it, it's not even. It's not even this man. I mean, as I, again, I gotta, gotta tell you something. I, re, I was asked by the Wall Street Journal to review a book that he wrote. What in like early 2020 or 2021? Right. A couple years ago. And through reading that book, I get the sense that he's just a sincere individual who has had this passion for 50 years, and in his own heart is just one man who has his views. They're views that I deeply disagree with, but. He happens to have exercised influence because everyone else with money, 360 degrees surrounding him, had a use for that. Okay, Larry Fink is on the board of the World Economic Forum of Davos. Klaus Schwab doesn't have money, or not in a you know, seriously large-scale way. Larry Fink controls, 20, controls 8 to $10 trillion under the purview of one man. That's probably he, the largest— He was. He was. Larry being who—you're talking about BlackRock, Larry yeah, Fink. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean that, that is— Probably the largest aggregation of capital under one man's authority. No question. In human history, history. more than the Dutch East India Company, okay? And he's in the board of the World Economic Forum of Davos. So what does this accomplish? It is a front. That is what this is. This is a front. And you know what? These things always come in three-letter acronyms, right? ESG, DEI, SRI, Socially Responsible Investing, CSR. My favorite three-letter acronym is the CCP. You look at Klaus Schwab, he elevates the CCP, talks about the Chinese model of dealing with COVID-19, not in a way not to do it, but in the way to do it. Right. So, so here's the way this game works, okay? The Black Rocks of the world apply constraints to the West, emissions caps, what kinds of energy you can and cannot use, what kinds of diversity you must have. They apply that to the West without applying those same constraints in places like China. I'll give you a very specific example, okay? They're pressuring companies like Exxon to adopt scope three emissions caps. That causes companies like Exxon to drop oil projects. Now, a couple years ago, there's an oil project in the Sichuan province of China. Chevron drops it. You might wonder, hey, maybe this is part of the fight against global climate change. Maybe that project isn't proceeding. You'd be wrong. That same project is proceeding just under new ownership. Who's the new ownership? 
It is PetroChina. Now you take a look at who's one of the larger shareholders of PetroChina. It is none other than BlackRock, the same party who's oh, wow. pressuring firms Can like pull up Exxon and Chevron. Yeah. So, so the interesting thing here is that take it from the left hand and give it to the right. That's Last time I checked, we were supposed to be fighting global climate change. I'm just and saying yet, a, a three-card Monty going on. Follow exactly. the money. It's and like then the World Economic Forum is this, is this front that gives this – that sort of creates this veneer mm-hmm. of legitimacy – when in fact, because this is a nonprofit global allegiance and organization conceived by this elderly Swiss gentleman, Klaus Schwab, when in fact it is just a vehicle for advancing an agenda that impedes the objectives of the West without laying a finger on China or the Chinese economy. Mm. And so the CCP is the most relevant three-letter acronym looking by the disease. I'll give you another little mystery here. Why is it part of the global ESG agenda to be hostile towards nuclear energy. So the first paradox is why do they shift production to China and they're okay with it? Oh, and by the way, for any climate activists listening to this, I mean, just to give you a fact to think about tonight when you go to bed, methane leakage, a unit of methane is 80 times worse for global warming than carbon dioxide, okay? People talk about carbon emissions. Well, if you don't actually have a database debate, you can't just talk about carbon. You have to talk about the difference between carbon dioxide, methane, and other forms of carbon. Turns out methane leakage is 80 times worse for global warming than carbon dioxide. Guess where methane leakage is worse? In places like Russia and China. So when you shift production from the U.S. to other parts of the world, it's not just that it's net neutral with woke washing. It's worse than that because you're actually contributing to more methane leakage into the atmosphere than you were even in the U.S. You've done even more harm on your own terms. Even if you subscribe to this crazy religious zealotry, even if you subscribe to that, you have failed on your own terms. So that's the first mystery. Now, I'll give you a second mystery, and then you see the conclusion. The second mystery is why are they hostile to nuclear energy? Because you would think if you were opposed to all this carbon emission stuff, you would be embracing the greatest form of carbon-free, large-scale, reliable energy production known to mankind that is nuclear energy. And yet, ESG funds, like Vanguard's ESG fund, systematically by rule exclude nuclear energy. Now, scratch your head for a second and ask what's going on there. The answer is this whole agenda, the anti-nuclear disposition included, is really not about climate change at all. It is about making the West apologize for its sins of the past to achieve a paradigm of global equity. The problem with nuclear energy is not that it is not good enough. It is that it is too good at solving the supposed energy crisis or clean energy crisis which means you lose the E, the environmental prong as ESG, as a Trojan horse for the S, the social agenda. And that's really what's going on here is the whole climatism and the World Economic Forum. This is a, each of these is just a front. It's a Trojan horse. It's a vehicle for advancing an equity-driven agenda that the citizenry of most democracies in the West, including the United States, would have never tolerated if you didn't disguise it in the religious veneer of COVIDism or climatism or whatever other secular religion ends up being the vehicle for advancing that. That is what's going on here. There you go. Uh, who understands the issue that well? I mean, personally, who's running for the highest office in the land? Who could articulate it that way and not couch it, not package it in politispeak? And we just heard from this guy in the opening segment of today's broadcast. Uh, You know, again, I'm as skeptical and suspicious as anyone, I think. And I'm saying if you can't get behind this guy, I don't know who you can get behind because – you know, that's that's always the the argument to the road to hell, right, um, in political campaigns. Well, you know, he hits on almost all the points, right? But you turn a ship one degree at a time, and before you know it, 180 degrees equals the opposite direction. So, you know, this is one of those moments, I think, where you can make the argument legitimately that you can't get it right. In every single case, but man, as you heard him say in his CPAC speech that we played in the first segment, the opening of today's broadcast, uh, 
Um, and he he actually says, we'll play a clip, I think, at the top of the second hour where he says, you know, ESG is not a 2020 or 2023 issue. It's a 1776 issue. And I think he means what he says. This was when the rumblings had not turned into an announcement. He was he was being asked, you know, you talk about, you know, maybe you'll run for president. Are you are you serious? It was something that Patrick Bet David said to him, Vivek Ramaswamy, that is, during these interviews. And he said, I'm not sure, you know, I'm sure he probably knew, but he hadn't said anything yet, obviously. But, you know, I think he means what he says when he says this is not a 2020-whatever issue. It's a 1776 issue. Or, you know, that's what people understand. I would, I would say it's a 1765 issue because I actually went back to John Adams' dissertation on the canon and feudal law. It's an interesting read. You get a chance Maybe give that a gander. It's not terribly long, but, you know. Ignorance and inconsideration are the two great causes of the ruin of mankind, quote-unquote. This is an observation of Dr. Tillotson with relation to the interest of his fellow men in a future and immortal state. But it is of equal truth and importance if applied to the happiness of men in society on this side of the grave. In the earliest ages of the world, absolute monarchy seems to have been the universal form of government. Kings and a few of their great counselors, captains, exercised a cruel tyranny over the people who held a rank in the scale of intelligence in those days, but little higher than the camels and elephants that carried them. And their engines to war. It's an interesting, an interesting way to open your piece. And um, so he's saying, you know, these are the two, these are the two engines: the canon and feudal law. And um, I've mentioned how, you know, he says there seems to be. A direct and formal design on foot to enslave all America. This, however, must be done by degrees. The first step that is intended seems to be an entire subversion of the whole system of our fathers. We've seen that since the so-called Civil War era. You know, the militarized stabilization and reconstruction of America, the rewriting of our laws and history. And now, you know, people that are paying attention have been saying for decades that we seem to be marching headlong into a neo-feudalist backward trip down memory lane. Not toward the best of our future, but the worst of history. And I would argue that it goes further than that. You know, that's the real challenge here. It's not just the Black Rocks and the Davos set Vivek is challenging. I think it's a much, much darker, much more sinister agenda that has a a uh, very urgent timetable. And that is the march back to Genesis 11 – and from there, Genesis 6. You can see it in the rumblings. And, uh, you know, there's a very religious component. One of the things, I mean, it's entirely religious, really. One of the things that I was going to include in today's broadcast is some of the Gnostic America stuff. And, you know... As folks like Peter Burfind have noted, uh, Harold Bloom, the legendary literary critic, observed in his book, The American Religion, The American Religion. Southern Baptists call themselves Christians, but like most Americans, they are closer to ancient Gnostics than 
to early Christians. That's a shocking statement, but is it hyperbolic? Is it sensational? Is it, you know, or or is it based in reality? And I would argue he has a very valid point, Harold Bloom. Most Americans don't understand what that means. So this is a much bigger fish fry than just the Black Rocks, which is a huge issue in itself. But, you know, that capital is being used to advance the agenda that we've spoken of. You know, the Lucius Trust, work of the hierarchy kind of stuff. That's what's really going on, and that's what Vivek is up against, I would say. He could... Dare I say, use our prayers and support. Stick around. We'll be right back. Einstein once said, future medicine will be the medicine of frequencies. What did he know? Imagine you hear ocean waves caressing a beach, or a favorite song from the past, or the trickle of the babbling brook. All of these are sound frequencies that positively affect us. Terahertz is a soothing, healing frequency that has been proven to resonate at the same frequency as healthy cells. It penetrates the body and stimulates new healthy cell growth. Want to diminish muscle aches, joint pains, and experience a greater sense of well-being? Tired of spending money on short-term remedies that never seem to work? Soothing, healing, relaxing terahertz frequency is now available and as handy as flipping a switch. Terahertz technology is changing the course of what we were taught about how to maintain our health and well-being. To read more about this amazing breakthrough and to order your Terahertz frequency want, go to naturalearthmedicine.com. That's naturalearthmedicine.com. My name is Don Wiskin, and at 42 years old, I suffered a massive heart attack, lost 35% of my heart to damaged tissue, and was supposed to spend the rest of my life on disability. What did I do? I took Extendivite, a garlic and cayenne mix of seven herbs which rebuilt my heart and gave me back my life. For over 17 years now, I have made this formula available to you so you don't have to suffer the same thing I did. Clean your blocked arteries and strengthen your heart and boost your natural immune system. I'm 60 years old now and I still work every day. To get your Extendivite, call one 877 928-8822 that's 1-877-928-8822 or visit heartdrop.com Extendivite is only $69.95 for a two month supply of either capsules or liquid Extend your life with Extendivite Tune in Saturday mornings, 8 to 10 Central, to the Alternative Media with your host, Farron. If you've not been listening, this is some of what you've been missing. 2,000 mules, like you like you like to say occasionally, Farron, in your face. They, they, they might have a, a set of lactating mammaries available that could provide milk for their adopted children. Listen, news media, all pulling off this gigantic fraud. Rhino, neocon, cucks. There's this wonderful thing it's called Vote With Your Feet. Move to California. I am a conspiracy factualist, and everyone else is a reality theorist. Hundreds, if not thousands, of ships came out of nowhere. Give me liberty or let's give you death. Any excuse to go in and kill yourself for this, this, this fraud of a government. This goes back a hundred years. When they come for your gold, give them a lead. And when they come for your guns, give them the bullets first. And God help us all. As we conclude the first segment of today's broadcast, uh, this Monday, March 6th, 2023, maybe a couple more Michael Parenti quotes to sort of punctuate the point, the issue here. Again from Against Empire, official Washington cannot tell the American people 
that the real purpose of its gargantuan military expenditures and belligerent interventions is to make the world safe for General Motors, General Electric, General Dynamics, and all the other generals. Or how about from contrary notions, uh, the Michael Parenti reader, the president operates effectively as head of the national security state as long as he stays within the parameters of its primary dedication, which is to advance the interests of corporate investors and protect the overall global capital accumulation process. But to what end? I just spoke to that. It is the uh, work of the hierarchy. That's to what end. And last but not least, the very efficacy of opinion manipulation rests on the fact that we do not know we are being manipulated. The most insidious forms of oppression are those that so insinuate themselves into our communication universe. And this gets to the point, I think that, what was it, last week? Lark made this point, I think, last week. Uh, what language am I hearing? I think, I think that was last week. The most insidious form, forms of oppression are those that so insinuate themselves into our communication universe and the recesses of our minds that we do not even realize they're acting upon us. The most powerful ideologies are not those that prevail against all challengers, but those that are never challenged. Because in their ubiquity, they appear as nothing more than the unadorned truth. So, uh, that is a provocative little nugget to sort of noodle on and uh, last I guess I would say if you know your enemies and know yourself you will not be imperiled in a hundred battles if you do not know your enemies nor yourself you will be imperiled in every single battle and that is how the Bernaysian contingent takes advantage of us remember we played the clip recently of Harari saying uh, the algorithms just to know, need to know you a little better than you know yourself. People don't know themselves or their enemy these days, and that's why the Bernaysian contingent is able to manipulate, fleece, and take advantage of us. So perhaps it's time for us to reawaken the spirit of 1776, as Vivek Ramaswamy says, and... Um, you know, stop acting like little feckless children plagued by pan syndrome and grow up and be American adults. Second hour coming up. Stick around. We'll be right back after this short break. like these, you can't depend on the government to keep you warm and fed, but you can depend on the Vermont Bun Baker to do just that. With the Vermont Bun Baker, you'll never be in a situation where you can't cook, bake, fry, boil water, or heat your home all at the same time. One of the most revolutionary cook stoves, wood stoves ever, the Vermont Bun Baker is available with or without soapstone veneer, a natural stone that retains heat and radiates it back into the room once the fire is out. A beautiful addition to your home, the Vermont Bun Baker has an efficiency rating well above 75% and qualifies for the wood stove tax credit. For more information, watch the Vermont Bun Baker on YouTube and live stream or visit us at www.vermontwoodstove.com. You can also reach us by calling 1-866-SOAPSTONE. Don't ever be hungry or cold because the power's gone out. With a Vermont Bun Baker, all you have to worry about is what's for dinner. 
can't handle the truth. You're listening to Republic Broadcasting Network. Visit republicbroadcasting.org today because you can handle the truth.